Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts, my blog on Substack. You can go subscribe to that at charlotteclymer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. It takes less than 10 seconds. Very, very easy to do. And it helps me out immensely. So do go subscribe, charlotteclimber.substack.com. April 20th, 2022. The things we say at the ballpark. It actually hadn't been that long, but somehow it felt like a past life. I hadn't been to a baseball game since October when my dear friend Anna introduced me for the first time to Fenway the great cathedral of hope that I'm told by many believers is the beating heart of Boston. That's a story for another day. But as a reciprocating thanks to her, I bought really great tickets to one of the Nationals' first weekend home games this season, the third in their series against those bastard Mets on a Friday evening, April 8th, Steven Strasburg bobblehead day. No, excuse me, that's imprecise. Steven Strasburg World Series MVP bobblehead day. Hey, I wouldn't hold that on y'all. There's a pic of the bobblehead in the blog, which you can go find online. But Anna had to back out due to work because she's a busy lady. And so I called up my friend Anthony, who I hadn't seen in a while, to tag along. Now, sure, October was only six months ago. And how spoiled was I to see a great playoff game then? But holy hell, six months in this era might as well be six years, and the calibration of my heart gets unwieldy when I haven't been to the park in a while. I don't know how to explain it, but baseball, which I never played as a kid, not even Little League, has a way of calming the worst impulses of my anxiety. The game forces my brain to slow down to a peaceful hum, punctuated occasionally in the most welcome way by the undeniable pleasure of a cracking bat's unbridled ambition. I fucking love baseball. I love the sustained yet controlled buzz that permeates a ballpark. I love the beautiful and often ludicrous humanity that fills the seats. I love the food that's terrible for you. I love the shitty beer. I love being with a group of friends and talking to each other about everything under the sun as we wait for something exciting to happen in the game. That last bit is most perplexing to folks who don't like baseball, and I totally get it. To them, it makes no sense why someone would pay to wait around for the not-so-frequent moments of adrenaline Indeed, such a moment may never come in a game, and you wound up merely waiting for the drive home. To them, I say, you're right. If the totality of the baseball game came down to what happens on the field, every fan suddenly becomes a bit of a gambler. But it's so much more than that. To me, it's the conversations had at baseball games that make the experience worth it. While you're waiting for that exciting moment, you and your pals have cast out lines into the conversational pond, throwing out whatever the hell is on your mind, and often with the right companions, the folks who know you and you know them, 
there's a hell of a bite and the conversation is damn good. It's not that these conversations couldn't happen outside baseball games. It's that it's so easy for them to happen at the ballpark, so organically. Something about this steady but comforting pull of the field keeps your brain's engine humming at a leisurely pace, just enough to be engaged with what's going on around you, but not so much that you can't bitch about work or rave about some great great flick that just came out or bemoan the state of the dating scene, or as much as I try and inevitably fail, unpack current events. That Friday night was gorgeous, low 60s. The sun was setting around first pitch into a blanket of royal blue behind the left shoulder of the park. The clouds had dissipated and been swept away, falling into the horizon. The towering lights had knocked on, washing the park in a golden hue, except where the grass was so, so very green. As I said, I had splurged on really great seats, a rarity, and we found ourselves not far behind home plate. The kind of seats where there's free food and drinks and easy close access to a restroom, the kind of seats with QR codes you can zap to have things delivered to you. The kind of seats I wouldn't have dreamed of having as a kid and watch, 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 watching games on a grainy box television in a dingy trailer. The world is currently awful in too many ways to itemize, but I had a beer in my right hand and a good friend seated to my left. And here I was, healthy and living authentically and sitting not far behind home plate on a crisp Friday night in a gorgeous ballpark And my, oh my, how I wish I could tell 10-year-old Charlotte she'd be doing this casually someday. Anthony's around my age. We met through the Truman Project and hit it off immediately. He's good people. Funny, smart, honest, and terrible at skiing. He's also an army vet, which, insufferably to our mutual friends, takes up much of the conversation every time we get together. Army vets are going to talk shit about the army, guaranteed. We complain with the best of them. And that night was no exception. There's a stickiness and yielding to a good casual conversation. The peaceful tension of a rubber band you absentmindedly stretch in your fingers. It's a bit more work to keep it pulled. And there's something of an art to knowing where the yielding must come. Like little tides running against the brain and the heart. We talked about things I won't mention here, but Anthony is one of those pals that makes it easy to discuss just about anything without requiring you to be on in the ways so common these days. Even the word discuss might be too formal here. Shooting the shit. Yeah, that's better. That feels right. Shooting the shit with glances into the more serious subjects. It's been a tough few months on the trans rights front And even that feels like an understatement. I tell Anthony that the attacks on trans kids hurt to watch. But far worse than that, way, way worse, is the silence of those who supposedly are our allies. The silence is somehow the worst part. The silence, more than anything, has been excruciating. I've cried too much lately. It's hard not to.
Anthony doesn't pretend to get it. And that's partly what makes him so refreshing. He understands certain angles of bigotry in his own context, but he doesn't claim to get what trans folks are going through. He just knows it sucks because that filling of shouting into the void rings familiar for anyone on the margins. Josh Bell clocked a dinger to right center field in the bottom of the third, putting us up even with the Mets. And though we don't know it yet, that'll be the apex of our excitement over the on-field activity. Except it wasn't. Top of the fifth, poor Francisco Lindor took a stray ball to the chin from Steve Shashek, signed just a few weeks prior, and the benches cleared into an all-out brawl. Did I mention these were really good seats? Hot damn and stretch rubber bands, if you've never had a front row seat to an MLB mosh pit, let me assure you that you're not likely to soon forget it. I wasn't hoping for a fight or anything, but when it happened, it was hard not to gape. I laughed when Anthony remarked, seemingly in awe, I've never been in a game where the pitchers sprinted from the bullpen into a rumble. Nor had I. That night, the the Nats went on to lose, and the rest of the game wasn't much to write about if you're not a Mets fan. But Anthony and I took full advantage of the good weather and the cold beer, and our brains went fishing back in the easy depths. Seamlessly. Despite how awful things have been in the world lately, I found a scrap of heaven in my backyard that night. The sky cooled off, the chatter got lazier, the laughs easier. The peace came so fast and so easily that we didn't take notice. I love baseball. <laughs>